Hello and welcome back to Is This Seat Taken, the podcast for those with many places to call home. We discuss what home means to different people and how it affects culture, identity and finding your community wherever you are in the world. Today's guest is Ashley Lee. Ashley Lee is the founder of Pink Palms, a wedding design studio based in London. Needing an outlet for her interior design training and love of colour, Pink Palms was created after realising that modern, design-led couples weren't able to create a wedding that felt like a reflection of them, with its mission to modernise the wedding industry at its core. Ashley now also runs Bungalow, an online membership for couples to plan and design their weddings with expert help, and teaches other event professionals how to intuitively design for their clients through a range of digital courses. Now, Ashley hasn't always been the founder of Pink Palms. Uh, Her journey started uh, when she left university and was a critical care nurse. So we talk a lot in this episode about her journey from being a critical care nurse to founding Pink Palms. And a big part of that shift was a trip, a a surprise trip uh, to LA that saw her moving out there for a period of time. And that trip had a huge impact, not only on her sense of design and how she creates but also she experienced a huge mindset shift while she was there and that's what we're going to explore now. I really hope you enjoy this episode of Is This Seat Taken with Ashley Lee. Hi Ashley, morning. Morning. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so thrilled to have you and I'm really excited about this conversation. I was just saying to you, I've been following your work and your journey of your launches and things for a little while um, as a sort of, uh, as as an observer and I'm really fascinated to hear just how it's all come about and, you know, you seem to have really thrived over the last 18 months at a time where working in the events industry has not been so easy so definitely not been easy no (laughs) so congrats on that and still being in one piece (laughs) (laughs) professional to another like kudos that we've we've done it um and you have sent me through some information about your story that I just find so fascinating so you have gone from being a critical care nurse um back in back in the day to mm-hmm. now found like being a founder of your own design studio and I know you've launched a membership as well alongside that um and I'd, I'd just love to know what that journey has looked like for you and yeah how you've gone from being a, a critical care nurse to then working in design yeah it's um it's been one hell of a journey I would say and sometimes it's only when I do things like this that even I stop and think how did that happen you know um I think it's a whole series of tiny things which actually built up to quite big change it wasn't just one big thing happened and then that was it you like my life changed forever it was um I think that when I kind of remove myself from it a little bit and look back on it it was always kind of part of like you know a life's path or plan or you know however you might want to look at it but it definitely wasn't something that I um when I was in nursing I thought that's what I want to do and I'm going to go and do it it kind of more um came to be by itself mm-hmm. so um when I was 18 I did you know kind of when we're all applying to uni and we're doing a levels I just didn't really know what I wanted to do and I was doing a French a level at the time and I set up a kids um, French club because I thought I might want to be a teacher 
Mm-hmm. And so I went and did that um, like an after school club and I enjoyed it. But I thought, no, this isn't this isn't the calling for me. And then my auntie said, what about nursing? She was like, you know, nursing is so varied. There's so many different career paths that you can take within actually one career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I applied and, and just went for it. I think in reality, um, I had my heart set on being a sports physiotherapist, was a massive football fan, huge Liverpool fan. I've had a season ticket at Anfield since I was eight years old, and that's what I wanted to do. But physio um, was really competitive at the time, and now it's different um, as I'm in my early 30s. But back when I was 18, for kind of professional sports teams, you didn't see any women sports physios. They weren't present it wasn't a thing and so I kind of thought that's where I want that's what I wanted to do and I didn't see anybody else doing it and I kind of just accepted that that probably wouldn't I wouldn't get the career that I wanted from it so I decided to apply for nursing and I enjoyed it I really did enjoy it I learned so much from it but I kind of always knew it wasn't a career for life for me, which loads of people can't get their heads around because they see it as a vocation and once you're in it, that's it, you're in it for life. And and it just was never that for me. I couldn't see a way out, definitely couldn't see a way out. And it's a really sunny day today. And if I was at work in the NHS on a day like this, I'd look out the window and be like, I just want to be a dog walker or I just want to be a gardener or I I would like plot you know different careers of why am I here on this day when when I actually didn't really want to be does Mm. that make sense absolutely I hear that I have a I have a fantasy that um I occasionally go back to at times of high stress almost regardless of what job I'm in where I'm like I wish I was just outside pulling potatoes (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I just have this image of being like I don't know a farmer's wife or something I mean my feminine my inner feminism is like screaming <laughs> but it is the, the 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 pulling potatoes fantasy comes out when I'm in points of high stress so I can absolutely relate to what you're saying <laughs> yeah yeah it was always it was always a weather thing for me always weather but I think one of the things um, I became so resilient from working in the rep, the NHS, so resilient. Um, it's, I mean, I mean, kind of coming out of, well, hopefully coming out of all the, after kind of a really bad period of being in a pandemic, I've got more respect for NHS workers than, than ever before, because it was hard work beforehand. Like I left years ago um and it was hard work then Mm. and um yeah so I kind of would always challenge myself every day I would go into work and be sick with stress of how stressful it would be um and kind of that that's the level that I kind of had to perform at all the time to the point where you know like really peak performance to the point where your anxiety almost tips you over into not performing um and I um met my husband although we weren't married at the time and then I got pregnant and it was pregnancy that really changed things for me because I was very very physically pregnant the baby was obviously with me at that point and sure. um, very obvious <laughs> and I was still being asked to do like five night shifts on the run and then as soon as I get home after five night shifts they call me and say there's no management in tomorrow can you come in for a day shift and and um, I used to sob in the back before I went to before I went to work. If I was on night shifts, and I just thought I can't see 
I just cannot see the the like life or career like ahead for me with a family I just I just can't and when you when you're kind of you've just got partner before you have kids I think um those kind of jobs you don't really understand the toll that they take on you like I had nothing left like emotionally in the tank for him at all by the time I got home I was just I'd spend my days off just recovering and and kind of trying to get myself ready to go back again um and the problem with critical care is and I was very um specific in that I did cardiothoracic critical care so it's just heart and lungs so heart and lungs is very Um, specialist in itself but then when you add critical care on top of that it meant that my skills I couldn't go and work in a GP surgery or I couldn't go and work in a school because I just don't have didn't have that skill set so I pigeonholed myself almost um so I I kind of knew that it wasn't gonna last and I hadn't mapped my way out and then one day I was on maternity leave and um and my husband now husband but not then came home and he said oh um we uh we need to go away because he had for his job you have to do a sabbatical you have to work abroad and there'd been kind of rumblings of this for a few years but we never really thought that anything kind of big would happen and he came home one day picked up a hoover started hoovering the floor and just went yeah so we're moving to LA and I was like what (laughs) what like what's going on um so that was uh that was kind of it we moved we moved for him really um so there was a lot of kind of obviously all the packing up and and so I had to leave my job in the NHS because I had a, a, a management position they said we won't keep your job for you you've got to hand your notice in because we need to fill it mm. um so I handed my notice in and then yeah that was kind of I didn't really know what I was going to do. I probably knew I wasn't going to go back to that specific unit, but I, I did genuinely think I would like go back to, to nursing or the NHS at some point. But well, that, that all feels very sudden and I mean, very exciting, but also you're on maternity leave. You're yeah. still, you know, recovering from having your child and getting into the swing of life with that. And your husband just comes home and says, we're moving to LA. Did you know, was yeah. there... Was it like a sort of Book of Mormon situation where you could have been sent anywhere or was LA always the place? Yeah, no. So we could have been sent anywhere. So a, a, a few years before there was talks of maybe going to Canada, but it was never serious. It was like, oh, that everybody needs to do it. And what a lot of people did who in his kind of industry, um, their families stay at home and they go by themselves. So that's quite normal, almost like the military, I guess, where mm-hmm. someone has to work away for a period of time. And so I never really anticipated that we would all go. I kind of thought that we were probably because we had a child. I kind of thought, well, maybe we'll maybe he will just go. Um, and then we were supposed to go to Milan. Um, and there was rumblings of that, but it was nothing, um, it was nothing set in stone. It was just chitter chatter. And then I never heard anything about it. Never kind of really progressed, um, until I've since learned about Antis. He tends to get things, um, planned and confirmed before he tells me. So there was obviously a lot going on in the background, which I wasn't privy to, um, probably because, you know, I had a baby and I had a lot going on and he probably didn't want to overwhelm me but yeah by the time I found out about it it was like right the money's there like I'm being funded to go um we're going so I was like oh okay 
Um, so yeah, and how did you feel? What was your initial response? Was it were you happy? Were you just sort of like, oh god? Or yeah, I think anywhere else in the world. I would have been quite apprehensive. My big apprehension when we were talking about Italy is obviously the language barrier. Um, and I thought if we did go back and forth, um, you know, how would it like I wouldn't make any friends or, you know, I'd have to try and learn Italian. And, and um, yeah, and there's a lot of um, other, you know, colleagues of his in the industry and they end up going to France. And yeah, people have to learn second languages. And, and so I can't, that was a big um kind of concern for me about the possibility of of going somewhere else but I'd been to LA a few years before on holiday and loved it but didn't really didn't really spend all that much time there we did a road trip around California and did lots of different things um so didn't really spend that much time there but I was just excited one about the weather for sure (laughs) I was like so excited about the weather but also the fact that it was an English-speaking country um for me at that point in time um obviously didn't have any spare time I had a baby by that point didn't have any spare time to like learn a a second language or or anything so um so I felt like that was going to be a huge bonus um so yeah no I was really excited um yeah really excited about going whereas everywhere else that they'd been talked of before I didn't feel I didn't feel that same excitement about it It was probably more apprehension Mm. so it was the right place at the right time for sure, for sure. But it was one of those things that when I was nursing, I did interior design training okay. and I loved it. It was just something that I kind of, yeah, just did on the side really. And I always wanted a career in it, but I just wasn't brave enough to do it. I just didn't have the the courage or um, like the commitment, I guess, when I had like a safe job, but having a baby um, kind of, the way I felt about it is because I was so unsure of what I wanted to do beforehand. I knew I was a nurse and I had a safe job, but I knew it wasn't really the career for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew that I just knew there was more out there for me, but I didn't know what it was. And so when I had Livy, um, I kind of felt like, like I fell apart a little bit. And then I got to choose how I rebuilt myself and the parts of my life that I wanted to bring back together again um, I got to have that choice and so it was it was um, a, a lot of self-discovery and self-development but it mm. um, she was definitely the turning point in yeah. kind of me being brave enough and having the courage to think actually I got so much out of my previous career I really did met some amazing people but she having her really kind of made me step up and kind of be a bit of an adult about it and and be like actually you know if if I'm not happy in it like that's the only person who is to blame for that is me like I've got to to kind of take ownership of of what I'm going to do going forward yeah Um, I guess it it changes the conversation doesn't it it goes from your own personal happiness to actually whatever I do next has got to be better or has got to you know you've got to be able to reconcile not being with your child for that time potentially you know it's like whatever you go back to has got to be worth not being with your baby for that period of time yeah and I imagine that's a very like crystal clear it it helps with the with perspective yeah I I say this uh as a 24-week pregnant woman who's currently trying to work this all out myself I'm like even even now 
trying to see what what happens over the coming months and you know maternity leave for the self-employed and so on mm. um yeah just going okay well anything that isn't better than spending time with my baby it has to go <laughs> surely yeah. yeah and you know what it's one of those things that you can't you can plan as much as you want but until you're in it it mm. becomes very obvious what works and what doesn't when you're in it mm-hmm. um but it I think what one thing I learned was even like the hours. So, so I was on maternity leave and I had to go back to work to the NHS for a few months um, before we, before we went and just trying to get childcare around like 14 hour shifts. I mean, it doesn't exist, not unless you have a nanny mm-hmm. um, or an au pair or something, which wasn't something that was, you know, an option for us. Mm-hmm. And so there was loads of different things, which just kind of collided into was the child one it was my happiness it was the childcare issues and um, there was lots of different things which just meant that the previous life that I had just wasn't going to work the fact that I pigeonholed myself within nursing that I could I definitely could have interviewed for, for different nursing jobs but they wouldn't have given it to me because I was just too specialist mm. um so yeah it, there was kind of lots of different things which um which kind of collided and, and meant that I knew I wasn't going to make a really good decision just launching straight into something else. Mm -hmm. And because we weren't married at that time and we were going for Ant's job, he went on a work visa, but I had to go on an extended travel visa. I couldn't tag on to his work visa. So what that meant was the option to work when we were there was taken away from me because Mm -hmm. we weren't married. Then we got married when we came home. So in a way, it was the, again, like not planned, but it was the best thing that could have happened because one, Livy was only, uh, she was only one when we went, she was only small. So I got kind of more time with her when she was really young, but also um, it gave me the really clean break to be able to stop and analyze about um, and, and just get ideas and like creativity flowing and it's such a creative city and I felt so inspired every day we stepped out of our like front door of this tiny little condo that we lived in honestly it was tiny and I just felt like the world was our oyster mm. and I don't ever remember feeling like that before mm-hmm. um, and that was really where I was able to make kind of a lot of changes into like my career and and made the decision to set up a business and um lots of different things definitely stemmed from that period of time that we lived in LA yeah and what what did you what did you love about LA I'm I'm always curious when when people say that they really love it or that they don't I'm always fascinated because people's reasons are so different um you know I I found it a very uh, kind of transitory place which I suppose you're, you're evidence of in that people very rarely I find are from Los Angeles and are staying there permanently a lot of people are there temporarily or trying to start a career or get into the film industry or you know um, or get into comedy or whatever it might be but people know that they're there for a set period of time and so it just seemed to me to be a city that was full of really interesting stories um, I felt very safe just going out into comedy clubs or whatever and just talking to people mm. um and I don't know it's very possible that I look back with these sort of rose-tinted glasses of this sort of two weeks of of 
just wonderful culture and beaches and colors there's just everything's so colorful and there's art everywhere and um I just experienced it as this like incredible cultural bubble um mm. and what was it like being there for an extended period was that does any of that ring true or was it were there sort of challenges while you were there as well yeah so when we were there I um there were definitely definitely challenges but I had a little word with myself before I went and I kind of I knew it would be hard because we didn't know anybody there and I knew I would spend a lot of time alone um with Livy because the whole point of us going there was for Anna to work and we kind of got a bit of um a heads up about the work schedule that it was quite long hours and um so I knew that I either had to put myself out there and thrive or I was gonna kind of be in a little like my own little safety bubble but that um I was going to find it really hard if I did that and I knew it was going to be hard put myself out there and kind of trying to get to know people and meet people in a city where we didn't know anybody mm. but um but I knew long term that was what I had to do for my my own self because Livy was only one then so she didn't talk or you know um so it could have been a really lonely existence so yeah so one of the things that I loved about the city is it's on an earthquake fault line so they don't really build up high-rise buildings there's kind of pockets of the city where yeah there's high-rise buildings like downtown and whatnot but in general if you look at the houses most of them are single story at most two-story they don't do big high-rise buildings and so because of that, it just felt like it was so open and like the possibilities were endless. It just felt so, um, it's obviously really creative and really col- colourful. And, and when you get to know people, most people there do some kind of creative job because I guess the kind of industries that base themselves in LA, like the film industry as one example. Um, but I didn't know anybody in London or kind of, in the UK that did those kind of roles became mm-hmm. friends with a couple and she worked for NBC TV studios mm-hmm. and it was just roles like that which I didn't know anybody that worked for TV studios at home you know and it was it just felt different but also kind of it probably opened my horizons a little bit into what was possible and that I felt really pigeonholed because my husband works in healthcare as well I was in healthcare Lots of my friends obviously were in healthcare and I had friends that was a teacher and I didn't really understand how, how different life could be when you go into a different industry. I didn't really know anybody. So it felt like it just opened so many doors and so many possibilities just in my mind of just looking at what was possible. But I think the, um, one of the things that definitely inspires me is the sky there. They have this crazy kind of ombre skies and it's a mix of, they call it the marine layer, which is just sea mist that comes in. Mm-hmm. Also, when you, unfortunately, when you mix that with pollution, you get the like hazy skies where it goes like pink to peach to kind of like the, the Instagrammable like yeah. sunsets and sunrises is those two things mixing together. But it just... Um, every day was kind of like clear blue sky I think there was like maybe a week or 10 days when we were there where it rained quite heavily yeah and uh, it's so funny like whenever there's any any rain at all they have like storm fans that go out and like chase the rain cloud and it's like all over the news and I'm like it's just 
I mean, it's not even a storm. It's like a tiny bit of rain, but yeah. it's just so, it's a bit like us when we have a heat wave, people just go nuts, right? I mean, yeah. it impacts the supermarkets and like every, the traffic's busier. Like that's what it's like there when it rains, like a tiny bit. So um, it just felt in some ways similar, but in some ways very alien as well. And I kind of enjoyed the change mm. really. Yeah. Just so, such a different city to live in. Yeah. The sky does seem to hold the light differently out there. I remember I, I went in May and it was raining and it was quite cool. And I just felt absolutely affronted by this. You know, I'd packed for a summer holiday. I was like, what, what is this? What's going on? Yeah. Oh, it's the kind of May, you know. The May, May gray. May gray. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. So the first thing I had to do when I arrived was buy a load of jumpers because yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the AC inside, which I hadn't accounted for. I thought, oh, well, if it's warm outside, it'll be warm inside. But of course, they blast the AC so much that actually it's freezing. when you It's freezing around. everywhere you go. And it was yeah. raining. I was like, this is outrageous. But um yeah it did it did perk up and it's 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 a vivid blue that you just don't see here yeah Um, and it's really hard to explain because it looks I don't know I found a lot of LA looked like a filter you know but it's yeah yeah but it's right there it's yeah yeah Yeah. it does and it's it's one of those places that I mean yeah as a city so much is focused on aesthetic and that's kind of man-made and and kind of deliberate and and thought about and and to make it one of those cities that everybody wants to move to but a lot of it's natural as well and kind of the beaches and because it's a coastal community but actually you're really not far from the mountain ranges either you kind of go 10 miles in from the um from the coast the climate's totally different if you go you could be in Santa Monica where we lived on the right on the coast um, and it would be, say, kind of 20 degrees and you would drive to Pasadena, which is maybe 10 miles inland. And it would be like 32, mm. like the, the difference in the kind of the, all the little climates that they have. And it means that you can surf in the morning and then get in the car for an hour and you could be skiing in the afternoon, like because because they've got mountain ranges and then and then right by the beach and, and the valleys as well. There's just, it's just so varied. And I think that's probably whoever decided to create a city there was obviously very clever because there's <laughs> lots of stuff on offer. And I think that's, that is also part of the appeal. It isn't just the, the people kind of think it's a bit like, it's a bit plastic and it's a bit fake. And, and obviously like the celebrity culture and the film industry. And there is a lot of that there, but also as a, as like a natural environment it is really really pretty as well it's a lovely place to live and there's so many things that you can do with kids which I think I was really surprised about I didn't see it as like a I wasn't sure what to expect going with the child to be totally honest um but there are so many things to do with kids all outdoors Mm. that um yeah just kind of blew away like the only option to for London really is kind of like soft play which <laughs> most parents know is an absolute nightmare and we like screaming kids and because it rains all the time here you kind of you need to have like indoor options all the time but it's just not the same there and the life was totally different because of that mm-hmm. I bet and the, I mean the hikes that are around I mean obviously the the sort of famous one is the Griffith Observatory but there's so many yeah. and the fact that you're able to on a clear day you know see the sea and the mountains and downtown as this sort of really very small part of 
LA actually compared to the kind of expanse of land it's like it's extraordinary to be able to see it all in 360 from one spot from one spot yeah yeah I've just never been anywhere that's quite that um quite that visible I guess from yeah and really see um, a lot of it why I love that is because it's low rise so you can go to somewhere like Griffith Observatory and see everything for yeah. so long like you can see kind of you know you have a really good clear picture of the sea and then the mountains and then the city whereas if it was really built up like London you just don't get that kind of you've got to go somewhere like the top of the shard which is ridiculously high to get a good view of any of anywhere whereas LA is totally different so it just um even though like physically where we lived was much smaller we spent so much time outside and um kind of I realized what we needed what we needed as like a little trio was was actually really different to what I thought we would need beforehand your um especially when you have a baby you just feel dominated by stuff when people move to have bigger houses just for the stuff you know that you that you need and, and actually when we stripped it all back it made me realize how little we did need yeah. really um and that was a lovely part of living there yeah that's really interesting and and were there when you sort of landed are there things are there practices that you have developed to kind of build home as you've moved around you know are there are there things that you do when you to sort of ground yourself in a new place or you know things that things that connect your homes to each other I think well, I think what I've learned is that home is a feeling mm. that's what it is to me it's not it is who I'm with but who I'm with can change and where I live will change and I used to think it was the stuff that I had like I had to have a bit you know these these things and that would feel like home to me but we lived in somewhere um we kind of moved around a little bit whilst we were there and we had you know sometimes we were all in one bedroom sometimes we had this tiny little like kitchenette thing and then um there was a lot of compromises in, in things that were before we moved away I, I would have thought like home to me is I've got to have a kitchen and I've got to have a bathroom and, and a bedroom and, and Livy's got to have her own bedroom and we've got to have you know a garden and and it would have been very um not materialistic but very kind of physical like a like a tick checklist yeah whereas when when we moved there I think I realized that home is actually like a feeling and it's what you choose wherever you are sometimes it's just a feeling and it feels like home and it's not that there's any correlation between the physical stuff and sometimes even the people can change like Ant spent a lot of time at work and I felt just as at home with him as without him and I felt just as home there when my family came to stay or when his family came to stay like the people would change mm -hmm. but um but there was always that feel in there and I think mm -hmm. that wasn't something that I could necessarily um obviously I felt more unsettled when we just landed and kind of getting to know the geography is really important to me I've got mm -hmm. to figure out where I am in relation to everything else mm -hmm. and as soon as I've got that nailed I feel a little bit more at home um but kind of, yeah, I guess crafting the feeling of, of being at home, a lot of it is just putting myself out there when yeah. and, and being uncomfortable when um, 
when the easy option is to just be comfortable and stay at home and stay within your own little safety bubble, actually to make it a home. Mm-hmm. I think I, I realized that I had to get out and do stuff and talk to other people and get to know people um, to help me transition. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it makes a lot of sense that you want to get your bearings as well, particularly in a city like LA where you're like, hang on. So there's, there's so it's so disparate in the way that it's laid out. It's like, okay, where do I fit within this kind of jigsaw puzzle of a city? Mm. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense and being able to sort of visualize that and then going out and exploring, I guess. Mm. Um, and I suppose I'm, I'm interested in, so one, one thing that you said to me ahead of this interview was that you want um, a variety of sort of spaces and we were talking about environments and you said that variety was important to you could Mm. you say a little bit more about that yeah so I have realized I've done a kind of big dig into like self-development and and who I am and and LA definitely well one having Livy having my daughter but then LA definitely kick-started it kind of shook me a little bit into realizing that all those habits and patterns that I was in when I was comfortable living in the UK all those were stripped away Mm. and I kind of had to learn a little bit more about myself as to why did I put myself out there that time when I wouldn't have done before and why did I thrive there when you know maybe I didn't anticipate I would and and so I kind of dug into myself a lot one of the things I looked at was design personalities and I use that in the work that I create and it helped me analyze and interpret what kind of designs and aesthetics people might be drawn to and you can kind of correlate some of that with personality traits and one of the things that I realized about myself was that I love new things I like variety Mm -hmm. um I don't like doing the same thing all the time kind of seeing things I sit really really well which probably correlates with like LA as a city I sit really well in like an ideation hub in like a creative hub where you're coming up with ideas and that's where I um kind of excel that's my strength one of my strengths is not um kind of managing that and then like moving things on and and ticking everything off and and I'm not a perfectionist and I openly own that I'm not a perfectionist and I don't want to um like over complicate things I see kind of when somebody is um very ticklish orientated and the kind of person I guess that that hands their work in when you're in uni hands their work in like a month before a deadline and all that kind of thing I kind of saw that as over complicating um things Mm -hmm. I mean it isn't it's probably streamlining things for that particular person but Mm -hmm. I recognize that I work very differently to that and so one of the things that I need is um variety Mm. and to be involved in different projects and to do different things and to not do the same thing all the time which is probably why I enjoyed nursing for um the period of time that I did was it was constant um almost like firefighting in a lot of ways. I mean, it was, it was kind of like crisis management at all mm. times. That's what it felt like. Mm. And so it relied on me, obviously have to be like follow guidelines and, and there's a limit to, to being creative, but there was a lot of problem solving and a lot of, um, a lot of thinking on your feet. And, and I kind of enjoy 
that Mm -hmm. and I found that LA I really tapped into like the creativity and um the the people coming up with ideas and like just watching people build startups and and all these businesses that were startups when we were there and now they're like global companies Mm. like we used to live around the corner from the headquarters of ring you know the doorbell with the video and oh yeah it was the tiniest little office, the tiniest little office. And it would be opposite the playground where I take Livy every day. And I used to look at the logo every day. And it was honestly the smallest little bungalow for an office. And then when we came home, we bought one. We bought a ring doorbell. And now, they're, I mean, they're just global. And it's yeah. just seeing, um, obviously, I'm not like a, not an insider in their company. I can't track it. But seeing things obviously come from relatively uh, like a really good idea relatively small and then just grow Mm. is something that really excites me instead of staying within the like norms of kind of you know as things should be I quite like doing things um that I've never done before and doing them differently because I don't know how to do them yeah yeah gosh what I mean because I look at your some of your design work and the styling that you do and the the LA uh influence is so clear like in terms Mm. of your your colors and the way that you design it's absolutely stunning um but actually it seems like the most important thing to come out of that trip as well as your kind of design style was this enormous mindset shift you know to go from feeling sort of trapped within a job and not being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel and staring out the window to to this really expansive shift of kind of anything is possible, small businesses becoming big businesses, you know, design inspiration, the amount of space that that seems to have given you is really extraordinary, even just from this conversation. Um, And you really light up when you talk about it. Um, Do you think, do you think that there's more travel and more of that space in, in the future for you? Is that something that you'd like to do again? We would love to do it again. And I don't know if we'll ever get the opportunity. I think, in fact, I only bumped into a friend from a few years ago, which we haven't seen because, um, you know, lockdown and um, Mm -hmm. whatnot. Um, But we bumped into her this weekend and she said, oh, we're moving to Germany. And I was, we were having a chat about this. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And, um, And I said to her, I was like, you know, those opportunities, they don't come around every year you know you might get one in your lifetime an opportunity where you kind of almost where it's dropped in your lap the chances there you kind of haven't really grafted for it or decided this is what I'm going to do I think when you decide to go away that's a very different conversation um whereas when something just drops in your lap and and you kind of you've got the you've got the opportunity to go I think it feels like you've just got to grab it. Whereas when you're kind of creating that opportunity, um, depending on where you are in like family life, I guess. And, and that that's something that might have to be a little bit more delicate around in terms of if you've got close family ties and, and whatnot, but we would love to, but I think I'm just comfortable with the fact that we've done it. Mm -hmm. and um my life literally turns upside down because of it and in terms of how long we were there and and like our life 
time it's such a short period of time but it had such a profound effect on me in everything um that I don't know if even if we moved back there or even if we kind of went somewhere else I don't know if it would could possibly kind of have the same effect so in in a way I probably want to keep my like rose tinted glasses on about it and kind of keep that um keep that experience as it was but we definitely want to go back I would love to be one of those people who has a house in like California like and can afford to go back and forth you know these amazing people who have these amazing lives and like best of both worlds um that will probably never happen but um straddling the both would um would be my ideal scenario. I think the one thing I did realize is how hard a decision it is to choose to emigrate. Because I, even though we we knew we weren't going forever, but we had Livy, and we went through all those emotions that people must go through when they're cho- when they're creating that opportunity and choosing to um, to emigrate and. Um, that's not an easy decision you know especially when you've got close family ties that that must be really really hard yeah so and what what was that experience like even in even in the short term you know clearly as you say the decision had sort of been made by the time you knew it was happening but Mm. was was it sort of quite bittersweet actually when you when you left it wasn't for me I was just beyond excited I was like absolutely ecstatic um to go and funnily enough one of the things that happened was um my visa was slightly delayed so Ant had to go before because he he was starting work on like a specific date and he had his visa and everything ready and we'd even started renting somewhere and we weren't there yet so we were paying for somewhere and he made the decision just to go and me and Livy followed afterwards when kind of waited for my visa um to come through so I was just ecstatic to go and kind of to, to be together again and and because he'd started all this you know he's gone and set up a bank account and figured out where the like grocery store was and, and he was telling me about it on the phone I was like I just want to be there mm-hmm. um so I, I wasn't kind of initially to get out there but I think we've got very different family backgrounds in the fact that Ant is Chinese but he was born in the UK and his parents came over from Hong Kong when they were kind of like 18 early 20s and so they it's totally normal for them they've got family in Hong Kong but they've got family in New York in Miami in Toronto in Australia it's totally normal for them to be spread out all over the world and they love it because they get to see more parts of the world they absolutely love it so his mom was like I get to go to LA and you know (laughs) she was really excited the flip side of that was my mom was crying at the airport because we all were kind of from just north of Liverpool our whole family live within like a five ten mile radius of each other Mm. um you know I was brought up by spent a lot of time with my grandparents I used to go kind of after nursery and after school and we'd see them most weekends and and so we had that kind of relationship so it was a bit alien to my family for me to have for me to live in London and have a child in London which is four Mm. hours away that was a big I'm the first one in my family to kind of to do that to raise a child somewhere else so that in itself was a kind of a mindset shift for them but then to take her to 
the other side of the world like my mum's very funny about um how far she'll fly as well she used to only fly to um the east coast of america she wouldn't ever go any further and then because <laughs> because i took her only grandchild to la she had just had to go on a flight but for her it's I mean, now they've been to Korea, they've been to Taiwan, they've been to, like, she's gone further than she's ever gone before mm. because she kind of battled past the um, grandchild being on the West Coast, you know, and ha- had to get past it. Gosh, so it's been really, it's been expansive for her as well. Literally, yeah. she travelled as a result of of the decision that you made. That's that's so interesting. And has it, when you when you came back, how has your time in LA impacted your sort of house and home setup now like have your feelings about home changed you know you, you describe the fact that home is a feeling rather than a place or, or or people and in terms of designing that you know you are a designer you curate your home as much as you curate anything else um how did that how did that change I think I I've become absolutely obsessed by not being dominated by material things Mm. and I've realized that actually I'm quite a minimalist at heart Mm. and that's where I'm comfortable um I don't like a lot of stuff because I've realized I don't need a lot of stuff so it seems just like clutter whereas other people might see you know nice ornaments and and this that that and the other to me it's just now I see things as unnecessary whereas beforehand before we moved there I was definitely somebody who was buying things just because oh well I like it so I'll you know I'll find a place for it when I get home it was to me it was just it was unnecessary but living somewhere um the the condo we lived in was one of them when we moved to Santa Monica was so small um but we were so happy. We were so happy. And um, obviously the weather helped as well, but, you know, being able to get outside, but it just really made me think how differently things are set up in the UK that there almost feels like a set path for you that when you have a baby, you inherit all this stuff. So people need a bigger car and then they need a bigger house. And, you know, where are you going to put all the stuff? And you need a loft to store everything. And it kind of just made me realize actually that all of that's unnecessary. So I fight against that now. But sometimes I realize that that's the norm here. So I find myself almost like fighting against the norm of, of how your home has to be um yeah if that makes sense Ant's obsessed by kitchen tech utensils and you just got a pizza oven so now he wants a bread maker to make the pizza dough and I that stresses me out because I just see it as lots of stuff that you don't really need some of it enhances your life but some of it just collects dust absolutely and it's it's the I think I don't know whether this is a, a British thing or, or beyond that, but I, I think you just fill the space that you have. You know, mm. this, you move into a bigger house and you feel as though it's it's because you want more space and then actually you fill the space with stuff because you've got the space in it. You, it's, it's sort of a vicious circle unless you yeah. disrupt it, which it sounds like you you do very effectively and even even your background looks very minimalist and lovely it's very serene <laughs> very on brand <laughs> lovely um 
yeah I, I I'm totally with you on that and I think I mean we're we're about to move and I'm being very conscious of kind of clearing as much as possible before we go and using it as a real purge um because otherwise yeah you you do become as you say dominated by by stuff. yeah yeah 100 percent. we had to move um when we moved to LA we um had to rent out our flat so we had to move all our stuff out and a lot of it went into um aunt's parents loft mm-hmm. um and there is still stuff in the loft we came back in 2017 and there is still stuff in the loft up there which we haven't got out and I said to Anne, well we clearly don't need it because yeah. we've done we've been here four years now we've been back four years and, and we don't need it mm-hmm. um and yeah I kind of that's very much stayed with me I think the kind of the not only like the aesthetic and and the design aspect and then how I've changed but also yeah just how we live day to day um I really value the things that enhance my life and I use them a lot but I use specific things a lot and then I, I kind of really acknowledge the things that I don't use it's it seems I think the golden thread that seems to have connected this conversation is that sense of space physical space mental space expansive landscapes I just have this real um feeling of kind of expansion and clarity and openness that's come as a result of all of these different things and I think and and maybe that's what home is about sometimes it's actually space in its in in its most kind of simple form of just like headspace physical space sky (laughs) um yeah I've just I've got that really clearly in my head um I don't know if that rings true at all for anything that you've you've said but um it it definitely it definitely does and that's the thing I've moved around like so much Mm. um in my life obviously kind of moved to uni and then moved to London and lived in all different parts of London and and then moved to LA and and yeah I I definitely know that like home is home is definitely a feeling Mm. and it's not about it's not about the stuff and and that sometimes the people you're with at home change obviously as you grow older and yeah. you go from living with a family to living with housemates to then living with a partner and then having your own children for, for some people and um so, so the people change but but the feeling kind of usually you don't get it everywhere but mm. it's the same and I think what I try to create now is I realize that the the, the home that I had before we moved was so um it wasn't really cluttered but it just wasn't somewhere that I had space I didn't have like that much um like head space to I used it to recover from shifts I didn't use it to kind of um retreat to and you know think about what I wanted to do going forward I couldn't use it as that and so I felt so kind of closed in that the only option to for me to kind of reevaluate my whole life was was yeah to go away live somewhere else have a forced break where I couldn't work mm-hmm. and I never did travel in um when I was younger but maybe that's what other people get from traveling as well is just you pick up different different things and, and you have a bit of a um a bit of a break from your norm you, you know your routine and um it helps you kind of 
choose how you put your life back together again when that period of time is over and having a, a, a not only a physical space but being somewhere which you feel like you've got time and space to evaluate what you want mm. then really helps to make progress and you might not see the path forward it might not be really clear to you what it is that you want to do but giving yourself kind of yeah a, a physical space to retreat to that that you know kind of doesn't have a lot of stuff and mm. and you've got time to kind of dig into who you are um makes everything funnily enough like naturally come about mm. that's what's happened for me afterwards is that I just set up my own business and decided to give it a go just give it a go and, and let's see what happens and um yeah kind of naturally from there everything just keeps coming my way yeah that makes sense yeah no it's 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 so fantastic and I I just and I think that's a lovely point to end on is like you know you've seemed so in flow with what you're doing and you know it's been really interesting to reflect on that kind of LA period of time and how that impacted it and the the kind of before and after of of that experience is is a really extraordinary turnaround mm. um actually and you know I, I you must be so proud of what you've achieved since then as well particularly given the last 18 months and you know it's it's not just about beautiful design it's about it's about making people feel good and creating you know your your business supports people to create beautiful spaces that represent them and that just feels very apt um after after your experience uh in LA and how you were as you say able to rebuild yourself um I think that's a really beautiful image um so thank you thank you for sharing all of that so so openly um I've loved this conversation um yeah I'm just very very grateful to you um for your time and your expertise Thank you so much for having me. It's so lovely to like reflect, I guess, because it feels very um, like, what's that Mr. Men who's like one big giant knot of, <laughs> is he Mr. Messy or something where he's just one big orange knot of like. Yeah, I don't Whoa. know. I've got all this to come. There's <laughs> a Mr. Men and he's just kind of like, yeah, he's like a little ball. It's like a little ball of yarn, I guess, where it's just sure. like all knotted together. And that's kind of what, a journey can feel like sometimes I guess um but when you break it down like this you realize that actually everything maybe not everything happened for a reason but everything that's happened the small little kind of bits that have happened actually all amount up together towards something much bigger which you can't always see in the beginning and you can't always see um for every home that you live in and and you can't really see the the where it might take you and the, and the end result but it definitely it definitely all adds up to something and, it, and just enjoying I think I've, I've relaxed and just decided to enjoy the journey I think that's one thing that that moving away definitely taught me is you can't always have things really clearly mapped out and, and it definitely helps to have specific things mapped out but sometimes it's just about the journey as well yeah yeah and I guess chasing the feeling rather than the outcome yeah yeah. yeah no I think that's that's really important and uh and where do you think your your journey is next what what's the next stop for you do you think your next big milestone oh the next milestone for me I feel like I had a very um 
intense period of, of maternity leave. And then when we moved to LA, I had that extended period of time with Livy. Um, and then when we came back, I flipped, I kind of flipped 360 or 180 even, and kind of um, was very focused on building a business. And, and I kind of felt quite comfortable with the extra time that I had with her. Because if we didn't go away, I wouldn't have had that extra time with her. Um, so I was kind of got my like business head on about it. And I feel like now it's finding the balance between, I'm very conscious that there is nothing that makes you appreciate how fast time goes other than watching a child grow, watching another person grow up literally kind of, you know, inches a year mm. um, and, and, and their development. And there's nothing quite like, yeah, tracking time that way it's quite frightening um and I feel like I need to get the balance between having the experiences that my although I was with Ant and I was with Livy my experience of what came from it in terms of how I changed and how I developed like that happened to just me um Ant was very busy with work and then Livy was obviously just a baby and I feel like we probably need to kind of come together a bit more as a family unit and create those experiences where we all can kind of grow from them together mm -hmm. so that's definitely something that I um, am going to be more intentional about um, instead of just being business focused <laughs> which I feel like um, I mean we've had to be especially the last like 12 18 months it's been to keep our businesses afloat you know it's it's been a graft it's been a really hard graft for anybody that runs their own business you know like give yourself a pat on the back because it's been well we're still not off it and it's a wild ride isn't it kind of it's been intense um but I feel I really feel I'm supporting couples through that as well because I mostly work with engaged couples I really feel the need to not have another experience in terms of the same length of as LA, but definitely something where we kind of all like come together and we strip away all the like the job and the business and, and kind of park that stuff for a little bit and just come together and yeah, just do something different. That sounds like heaven. If that conversation hasn't got you dreaming of palm trees and beaches and mountains, uh, then I don't know what will. Thank you so much to Ashley uh, for taking the time to come and speak to me. I left that conversation feeling a lot lighter. I just think that the idea of space and changes of environment creating really expansive mindset shifts um, is an incredibly powerful thing. And the way that Ashley talked about a variety of spaces there's something very comforting about the idea of chasing a feeling rather than chasing an outcome or chasing a place. So it's been wonderful to, to reflect on that with Ashley. You can connect with Ashley online. She's on Instagram at Pink Palms Events or her website is www.bungalowbypinkpalms.com and that's where you can find her membership if you are planning on getting married or if you're a supplier. Um, it's, she's an incredible resource um, and I really recommend you check it out. Uh, you can also find me on there. I'm at Amy Meadows UK and my website is amymeadows.co. It'd be lovely uh, to connect with you and keep the conversation going. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, 
Uh, I would be incredibly grateful if you could leave a rating and a review if you've enjoyed it. Um, And if you're on Spotify, just share it with a friend if you think that they would connect with what we're talking about. It's really lovely to see the ripple effect of the podcast being shared. So thank you in advance for doing that. And I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.